0: I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Um, coming up on today's show, well, we have to talk about the coronavirus more because there are more developments. I mean, just in the last 24 hours, there's been a, a, just a flurry of, of developments and uh, alterations to schedules in sports due to the coronavirus. But uh, we're also going to talk about All SEC. Kentucky got a few of those awards. Uh, and then uh, looking ahead to uh, Kentucky's possible seeding. Uh, two, three. I mean, Joe Leonardardy said they could go anywhere from a two to a five, there's no way Kentucky winds up a five seed. Uh, I, n- even if Kentucky were to lose to a team that uh, to an Alabama team that just beat Tennessee on Friday, which would be you know, a worse loss than losing to Tennessee. I just don't see Kentucky being a five losing that game. But whatever,
1: also, um, I'd say it's kind of outrageous to think they could go – he's got him as a two and he thinks they could fall to a five with one loss to a good – like a decent team. A well, And here's court. the thing that <laughs> discredited extreme. him
0: completely to me. He completely lost credibility with me when he – in that conversation that we're talking about, he says, well, if Kentucky winds up losing in the uh, championship game of the SEC tournament, that has no – zero – impact – on the NCAA tournament, none whatsoever. They are already done. That game's at one o'clock on Sunday. They are done. They are not. And um, they they don't have a five seed open for Kentucky. Well, there are two right now. If they lose, yeah. we're going to throw them back. Yeah, because if that there are far. two seed right now and Kentucky wins in the quarterfinals and semifinals and gets to the championship game and then loses, they're not throwing them from a two no. back.
1: No, so. because if they if they Say it's Alabama. Right now, Alabama's 53rd, I think, in the um, net rankings. And if they beat Tennessee, might be right around the top 50. So that's a, you know, hovering around a top 50 win, which I think would be a quad one win on a neutral court. Um, Yeah. And then you would beat either Florida or Mississippi State, which is Mississippi State's in the top 50 right now. Florida's still in the top 30. So then you have two... Decent to good wins just to get to the final, uh, so losing to a LSU or Auburn, who are both in the top thirty, would not. I don't know that it would do anything. Honestly, at that point, no. I think maybe winning it. I know people say it doesn't matter, but I do think maybe if they went on, if they went all the way through and beat Auburn, because um, I think everybody views Auburn and Kentucky as like the two actual legit teams in the league. Um, if they if they beat Auburn to to go two and one against Auburn this season, um, it may like if they're if they're like a toss up on the two three line, it may get them there. But I don't losing it. I really don't think I don't think they can go worse than a four. I think I think the worst case scenario for Kentucky is a four seed.
0: Well, winning it uh, means nothing. That was proven to me a few years ago when Kentucky got destroyed at Florida, uh, looked dead. And then, like a week later, avenged that loss to Florida, beat the very team that did that to them, Uh, and then won the the tournament. And it did nothing; it did absolutely nothing. I think Florida was still a higher seed. So I think
1: you're talking about. Are you mean Texas A&M?
0: Was it Texas A&M?
1: I think Maybe. so. I think it was. Yeah, but because because I know the year that they beat Texas, a, I think I think it was Texas A&M. They beat Texas A&M, and Texas A&M got a higher seed. Or maybe that was it. Um, anyway. Anyway. Well, it does, doesn't matter uh, no. a whole lot. But uh, I do have a piece uh, today at The Athletic that's kind of setting the stage for the SEC tournament and, you know, kind of the latest on Ashton Hagen's. We haven't, didn't talk to Cal today, but uh, did talk to uh, Emmanuel quickly, and he said that, he, that Higgins has been really positive here in the last couple days. Uh, And he said he just needed that little break. I'm sure he'll be back refreshed, rejuvenated mentally and physically coming into the postseason. And he said the guys could kind of sense, you know, leading up to Saturday that Ashton maybe needed to step away. So um, that's your Ashton Hagen's update. Um, And then in terms of um, battling for seeding, one thing I did in this story was pull together, and people can check it out. I've got everybody – basically I have the the 10 teams that I think are – Vying for seven spots in the two-three seed line right now, um, because I think that's everybody's trying. Everybody that's in con, contention for one of those is trying to get off the four line because you don't you'd, you'd prefer not to play a one seed in the Sweet Sixteen if you can right. delay that one. Delay it, and two, the longer you delay it, the more chance that the one seed gets upset anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, like right now, I would say um, that. The the one seeds are kind of locked in, it feels like. Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, Dayton. Maybe I'm wrong, but that sort of feels like it. And I I would think San Diego State's pretty well solid as a two. Mm -hmm. Those are like the top five teams. And then uh, that leaves seven spots in the two and three seed lines. And the ten teams I think are in it are Kentucky, Florida State, Villanova, Creighton, Duke, Michigan State, Seton Hall, Maryland, and Oregon, uh, and Louisville. Um, And so I kind of went through each of those teams and compared them to Kentucky's. Resume. Now, the thing we have to say off the top is Kentucky has the worst loss by far of any of those teams. Nobody has one that comes close, and and no Duke is not the same because Stephen F. Austin won its league. I think lost three games all year or four, um, and is a like a top seventy-five team. They're not a quadrant four. Uh, They're
0: not an Evansville, 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 Evansville. No,
1: they are not. So off the top, you have to you have to throw that in there. Uh, Kentucky's got that working against it. But in terms of who the other piece of it that I think is more important, especially when that loss came in November, is who did you beat? Uh, And in that regard, in the current net rankings, Kentucky has nine top 50 wins. Uh, Duke and Louisville have three. Mm. Florida State has five. Kentucky has nine. Um, Top
0: 50 wins.
1: Top 50 wins. And a chance to get at least two more so they could end up with 11. Um Kentucky also has the best road record by two fewer losses than anybody in that group, eight and two. Everybody else in that group has lost at least four games on the road. Maryland is five and six on the road. Oregon is five and five on the road. Creighton and Louisville are six and five on the road. Um, so when you start stacking them up in all these categories uh, other than uh, the horrible loss, um, you know there's a lot. You know there's a lot working in Kentucky's favor um, it
0: seems to me though this season in the metrics, the value of your loss outweighs the value of your win in some way
1: in the metrics but i I think when we get to the humans on Sunday, yeah you know over the weekend, I think it's going to be different
0: that winning the games is better than losing to teams who are highly yeah. ranked in overtime <laughs> yes
1: yeah um you know and so if you go through and look at if you want to go through and look at losses though, Duke has. Four Forest, losses to teams outside the top fifty. They've, you know, Stephen F. Austin seventy-seven, Clemson's eighty-second, and Wake Forest is one hundred and eight. Um, yeah. If you go to Michigan State, which Kentucky beat head to head, Michigan State lost to number eighty Virginia Tech. Not a great loss. If you go to Louisville, which Kentucky beat head to head, lost to Texas Tech, which Kentucky beat. Um, Clemson. Lost to number 82, Clemson. Lost to number 72, Georgia Tech. Uh, You go to Florida State. Lost to Clemson. This is a theme. Clemson beat all the good (laughs) teams in the league and had a horrible record, barely 500. Yeah. Um, Lost to number 110, Pittsburgh. So Florida's got two, Florida State's got two ugly uh, losses on there. Um,
0: Whereas for Kentucky, it's just, it's Evansville and Utah.
1: Evansville and Utah. And Utah climbed a bunch. Utah, uh, where did that end up? Um,
0: Like 90th, eight, maybe?
1: 85th. Okay. So it's, you know, it's not a quad four loss. It's not a just a horrific loss. It's on a neutral court as well. And, again, back November, December. These are not – like a lot of these these losses I'm reading to you are conference losses right. that happened recently for these other teams. Uh, Creighton doesn't really have a bad loss. You know, their worst loss is to, on the road to number 66 St. John's. Um, Oregon has lost four games outside the top 50. They lost to number 81, North Carolina, which has not been a good team, and to number 119, Washington State. Mm. Um, Villanova's another team that has, like, really no bad losses. They don't have a loss to anyone outside the top 40. That's pretty impressive um, on Villanova's part. Uh, Seton Hall's got one to number 98, Iowa State. Um Maryland also, by the way, has no losses outside the top 40. So Maryland and, Ver- and Villanova, of that group of, of nine other teams I mentioned that are kind of fighting for two and three seeds with Kentucky, only Maryland and Villanova don't have a loss outside the top 50. And most of the rest of those have a loss hovering around, you know, somewhere around 100 or worse. So everybody, everybody in that group's got a stinker, just about. So
0: Kentucky's got a very good case for a two-seed. Um,
1: if they if they Maryland win the SEC has a good tournament case I think
0: yeah for a two seed uh I think two of the three and maybe all three of those big east teams get a two or three seed yeah, yeah. Florida state I think gets the nod over both louisville and Duke
1: and they won the ACC I mean I don't know
0: how you yeah. how you don't yeah uh,
1: you know I, I think my guess is Kentucky's a three seed um yeah. when it all is said and done. But that's fine. I mean, that doesn't really make much of a difference. You know, the only thing yeah. about getting it, I mean, 2-3 would play each other. That's, you know, the 2 right. and the 3 and would, the in 16. theory, play each other in Sweet yeah. 16. So it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Except that there are a lot more 3-14 upsets than there are 2-15 upsets. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're much more likely to get a team you can pretty well sleepwalk through and beat. Um, which would be good for a team like Kentucky, you know, because right. I think a team like Kentucky, if they could like survive that first game mm-hmm. uh, where you have no idea of how focused they'll be, um, then you may be off and running. So we'll see.
0: All right. We are due for a break. Uh, and when we come back, we will discuss how, you know, how, how this virus is going to affect uh, the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament, uh Things that have already been announced. We'll discuss that when we return on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. Uh, As far as the SEC tournament goes, uh, they have announced the league office. That there will be no locker room interviews at the SEC tournament. That has changed. That was not the case. And then all the major sporting, you know, Major League Baseball and uh, the NBA and uh, NHL and MLS, they all announced that that was their policy uh, the day before. And so that follows it up. The SEC follows it up with with their announcement of that. Uh, That is followed by uh, UK announcing that they will not have media at John Calipari's house for Selection Sunday, as they have had in years past. They will instead uh, let those interviews happen at the Craft Center. They will, they will bring the uh, players in Calipari to the Craft Center from his house instead of allowing media to show up at his house.
1: I, I have heard from a few people that Cal might be slightly freaked out about the coronavirus.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, he sounds like he's it. got it.
1: We, we've already <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting that he shut his house down. I, pff, me too. I'm not inviting a bunch of media mm-hmm. mongrels over.
0: Um, but, but the uh, Ivy League men's and women's tournaments have been canceled. They're not even going to play them. The MAC and the Big West tournaments will be played without fans. Duke, other than
1: parents and, and the official right. university. It'll be a, yeah. you know, a couple hundred people probably.
0: Right, but not – yeah, right. not a – large gathering. Uh, Duke's going to extend its spring break out. And then when they return from that spring break, the classes will be online. Berea college right here in Kentucky has canceled the remainder of its semester, making students move out of the residence hall. uh, This by Saturday or Friday. Yeah. Yeah, Friday is the last day of school. You got to be out by the weekend. Uh, So it's happening. It's, it's snowballing and uh, the NCAA tournament uh, I, I did see someone mention that the NCAA has insurance on the tournament. Um, Interesting. That that, you know, they they could conceivably play it without fans and without taking a you know, a bath financially. Then you've got everybody watching it. As we mentioned what, last night, yesterday's podcast. The the T V ratings would, would get a huge bump if nobody went to the games. Um Now, the most interesting um, question I saw posed uh, is something that's real and is happening in Premier League. Our our buddy John Hale put it out there, that Arsenal, a player from Arsenal, had come in contact uh, with an owner from another team who had coronavirus. And so they postponed their game with, uh, with Man City. So now that brings up the question um what happens um by the way i just found out just like today well what was this today is now wednesday so on tuesday i found out that someone uh i know not not here locally but someone else i know came in contact with someone who has it and fortunately um they don't have symptoms, and it's been five or six days since they came into contact with that person. E. And, they, and they're saying that if, if you don't have symptoms within five or six days, then you're probably in the clear. But, you know, the, this this person had been out to dinner uh, with a few other people, and one of those people in the group turned up uh, that they were a confirmed case of coronavirus. So... You just think of your small world, you know, and all the people you know. Now, if if, if one player from Kentucky or from any team in the NCAA tournament uh, shows up feeling sick, gets yeah. tested. <laughs> what do you do? Has coronavirus, and you're supposed to play in the Sweet 16 the next day or the round of 32 or whatever.
1: Or you just played. Yeah, you just play. Like, what do you, what do you do? Does, does that team forfeit? Do you quarantine the entire that entire pod? You know that whole site's location. That whole site's group of teams, and pause the tournament until well, you everybody's don't tested? know where I the mean, player <laughs> got it
0: from. Right? Where I did mean, he I, get it from? Yeah, I mean, he got a, it from a hotel worker. Right? Who's staying at that hotel? Who right. else has that hotel worker served? Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's you know and the other thing here's the other thing I would I I shared on Twitter that I would I would want to share with people because I'm not like a, I'm not an alarmist about this. I don't I continue to believe that most healthy people young and healthy people are going to be okay. But all of the data says that elderly people and immunocompromised people and by the way if your wife or your mom or your friend or whoever is right. is battling cancer and has Taking chemo, they have no immune system, and you might get it and be fine. And people keep saying that. Not worried about it. I'd rather get coronavirus as long as I don't have to miss the game. Well, that's fine until you take it back and you give it to your friend who goes home and gives it to his wife who has cancer.
0: Exactly. Um, And then yeah, I'm not worried mm. about it in that sense either. Like I'm not scared to death. Right, of going to the SEC tournament, no, I'm not
1: not scared at all. For for I went
0: to dinner tonight, I mean, I'm not worried about that, but but just like you said, if I get sick and then I realize where I've been and who you know who I've been in contact with, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, but and then so there's the the term that has come out with a lot in the medical community that I think, even for people that are want to say, like, no big deal, don't try to panic everybody. This is not about panic. This is, what, this is what I would say to people about things that are getting canceled that are frustrating you and you think are overreactions. It's called, they're calling it flattening the curve, which is essentially playing stall ball with the virus. Um, and so I'll, I'll read this from uh, some medical folks. It says, some of the best epidemiologists in the world are estimating that between 40 and 70 percent of adults will end up getting an infection. Even if we begin with that low end of 40% of adults in Massachusetts, this is from doctors in Massachusetts, right. of 40% of adults in Massachusetts, that's 2 million people getting infected. If we take data from China that says 20% of people needed hospitalizations, that's 400,000 people being hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Even if we said, no, that's way too many, we can cut that in half, that's 200,000 hospitalizations. And at any right. given time in Massachusetts, we believe there are 3 to 4,000 hospital beds open at most. Yeah. You start doing the numbers, you realize very quickly we do not have anywhere near capacity to take care of tens of thousands of people with the coronavirus who might need hospitalization. But this is flattening the curve. If we can spread out that we can spread that out over many, many months, ideally a year, then I think we have a shot to be able to take care of everybody who will need the care. Um, this is a doctor at uh the Harvard Global Global Health Institute. Harvard, you say, Harvard, correct. Not never so, heard of them, yeah. So, while on an individual basis, there's not a reason to panic, it's about some of these rash decisions and like what seem like rash or extreme decisions in Italy shutting down the country basically for a couple weeks or a few weeks or sending people home from the petri- the petri dishes that are college dormitories
0: <laughs> oh, right
1: it is about not overwhelming the healthcare system exactly. because like okay if all if if all these people needed to be hospitalized they didn't all die most of them did not die even the people that got so sick they had to go to the hospital they did not die because they went and they got treated but what if you get it and you need to go to the hospital with a treatable case, and there's not a bed for you. And you go to the other hospital, and there's not a bed for you because the healthcare system is overwhelmed. Uh, then maybe you do. Then, then maybe you do die. <laughs> you know, in, in 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 the northwest in some communities there, uh, it has become overrun. Uh, and there, you know, doctors there are talking about in Washington State are like, you know. They are collapsed. Their healthcare system is collapsing. Basically, they can't handle it. And so I don't know. I'm torn about, you know, what to say to people or even what my, you know, my total opinion is on this other than honestly anything that that folks that are super informed on this say we should do, we should do. And, you know, it's going to stink and there's going to be stuff that we don't get to enjoy that we want to enjoy. But if we're keeping a lot of people safe if we are making it possible to, for people to get sick and then get health care treatment over the span of a year instead of all of us getting sick at the same time and <laughs> it turning into a nightmare. Mm. Uh, I don't know. So this isn't going away. This won't be the last time we talk about it on the podcast because something else will happen. Um, you know, I don't know. It starts tomorrow, so I don't know that the SEC tournament is going to shut the doors to fans. No, um, not now. It's too late. Could the NCAA tournament? I don't know. Possibly. We'll see. I'm, yeah, I'm really curious else. to see what, like, the TV broadcasts of these conferences that have shut out the fans are going to look and sound like. I'm going to mm-hmm. tune in. I certainly wouldn't have before.
0: Well, one more thing to add on this before we move on is just you have to also realize, like, like the test kits that they're using. Now, how many test kits for coronavirus existed before the coronavirus? All right. So, so then it's an epidemic in China. And then they're testing in Asia. Um, So there are like a few suppliers. Uh, One of the major suppliers of the kits confirmed that its product is back ordered due to the extraordinary pace at which the world has increased coronavirus testing over the last few weeks. So here in the United States, there's a shortage of, of tests. There's a shortage of, if you go to the hospital, or go to the doctor to find out. Yeah, I'm feeling sick. Do I have it? I don't know. We don't have a test for you.
1: Yeah, I've I've actually heard from people today who went to uh, say I I think I might have this, and the doctor said I think you might have it, and but I can't test you. <laughs> I mean, they if that have. doesn't that's the thing too. Like, oh well, the numbers, the number. We don't even know what the numbers are. We have no right? we have no Do idea how many people are infected right now. Don't know. Uh,
0: so, yeah, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I just want uh, people to I realize. I think we should listen. I think we should yes. listen
1: to to people that are informed, and especially if
0: what if these, we do nothing? What yeah. if we do nothing,
1: <laughs> and it gets really bad? I mean, right. especially if if people and and organizations that stand to lose money on this start saying we're going to take the loss, mm-hmm. I think you should pay attention to that.
0: Right. Because money um, talks. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we've got to talk about what world, What else were we going to talk about? I've already forgotten. Um, all SEC. <laughs> oh, we haven't talked anything about all no, SEC. The did actual basketball. That? How did we not mention that yet? All right, sorry, guys. We're, we're talking about that next. When the Locked on Kentucky podcast continues. This is Locked on Kentucky your team every day okay we're back here on the lockdown kentucky podcast so yes emmanuel quickly is the sec talk about burying the lead emmanuel (laughs) quickly is the sec player of the year coaches yeah
1: but what does he think about coronavirus
0: (laughs) he's all sec first team coaches and ap nick richards all sec first team coaches and ap all sec defensive team coaches tyrese Maxey, all sec second team coaches all SEC freshman team, also by the coaches, and the Ashton Haggins All SEC defensive team, also by the coaches. So Kentucky coaches, the coaches say Kentucky has two all defensive team guys, Nick Richards and Ashton Haggins, uh, has two first teamers in Quickly and Richards, and a second teamer in Maxie, and all freshman uh, Maxie, and the coach of the year in John Calipari, uh, the AP saw it a little bit differently when it came to player of the year and we talked about this this thing that you tweeted uh earlier on tuesday kyle that uh, you thought with the ap voters a larger uh amount of voters that uh, you look at the player of the year and you think about the league champion and who's the best player on that team and when you've got two guys to choose from that can split the vote and that is something we've talked about on here before and that i think is exactly what happened And you have Arkansas's Mason Jones and Mississippi State's Reggie Perry as co-players of the year, as opposed to either Nick or Emmanuel. And then Texas A&M's Buzz Williams gets uh, AP Coach of the Year.
1: I think it's cool that both he and Cal got one of the Coach of the Year awards because Buzz did do an incredible job with a hot pile of garbage to finish. What did they finish? Where are they? What 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 seed are they? Like sixth or something in the league? Um but yeah, when I did, I did the a poll of writers all across the league, one for ev- that covers every team in the league back before Manuel had really taken off, when Nick was in the middle of his heater, uh, and was kind of considered the favorite. And I had I had them list, you know, their top three uh, to get it kind of a broader feeling for who they who people around the league thought were candidates. Even even then, it was like a really. Mixed bag. I mean, nobody would just uh, ran away with it. Nick ended up being uh, the choice by, uh, you know, a nose basically. But yeah. uh, Reggie Perry and Mason Jones were right there. They finished second and third in that vote. And then Emmanuel quickly took off, and he got himself in the mix. And I think that I do think that's what ended up happening. You know, you know, if there were thirty voters, and you know, fifteen of them. Voted for somebody from Kentucky, but eight were for quickly and yep. seven were for uh, or whatever you know whatever the number, um, and then you end up with a tie and from the other two guys with just one or two more votes. So uh, I really kind of kind of crazy been. that they had a co they had a co uh, SEC Player of the Year and it wo- quickly was not one of them.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I really felt that it was either quickly or Mason Jones. I yeah. think I thought those were the two. So really, I would. Prefer that it's just Mason Jones and just quickly without Reggie Perry in there, but that's yeah, fine. I Reggie mean, Perry is a very good player as well.
1: He's a great player, and you yeah. know, um, but you know the argument against both he and Jones is like typically it's on a team that's you know championship contender, and mm-hmm. neither of those teams were even in the mix to win the league. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's got to be the league champ every year, but typically. You look at the NBA MVP and all, all kinds of MVPs and players of the year. They're on a contender. Yeah. Uh, and neither of those were. But I, I think the vote got split. So, Mason Jones, when you score 30-plus nine times, I, I got no problem with that. And I think yeah. Reggie Perry ended up leading the league in double-doubles yeah. uh, over Nick Richards. So, um, he's certainly worthy, too. But uh, it is it is interesting that on a year where it felt like, oh, is this team all that talented, Kentucky ends up with – Three all-SEC guys, an all-defensive guy, another, you know, Ashton, another guy, uh, and then the coach of the year.
0: Um, yeah, four of their five starters were all-SEC one one way or another.
1: Yes. Um, a, a funny interaction that happened today. They gave us all three uh, guys, Maxie, Quickly, and Richards, who made those lists. Uh, and Keon Brooks came out of the uh, weight room and pretended to interview a man, uh, Tyrese Maxie, and it was <laughs> – but yeah. probably more to me this is more like a nerdy reporter thing but i it's just to me it demonstrated how sharp keon brooks is and he's super super sharp he's such a good interview and thoughtful kid and quick-witted because he said you were all you were all sec tyrese how does that play on your mind
0: <laughs> and, it, and uh that was is jerry there? tiptons yeah was, no he wasn't i told oh, you about it after but
1: john clay oh. was there from the herald leader and we laughed so hard because i mean that <laughs> That is just like we all have kind of little ticks and things that we say certain ways, yeah. verbiage and ways we phrase, and that's Jerry's. If Jerry basically wants to ask a talk about question, like what yes. do you think about this, he asks, you know, you know, yada yada yada. How does this play on your mind? Right. And I, I, you know, these a lot of these freshmen, especially like Keon as a role player, he probably hadn't talked to Jerry five times all year. You know, he hadn't talked to right. any of us. So to pick up on that is very perceptive and to roll it out like that was very funny. And then I know it wasn't like just an accident because then I I started laughing and Tyrese is like, "Yes, how does that play on your mind?"
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I it just sounds thought, I thought to, that to was kids. I
1: thought that was great. I mean, I, I mean, I've never heard anybody else say that phrasing besides Well, exactly.
0: Anybody. And for them, they've never heard it either. They're right. probably going what do you play on my mind? What are you talking about? Like, they yeah. don't even know what he means. You it was know? good. I
1: told Jerry about it after, and he thought it was very funny. He said he was sorry that he missed it. But uh, that was great. Uh, I mentioned that Emmanuel talked about um, uh, Ashton and, and felt was very positive about that. Everybody got yeah. asked about the coronavirus and basically. And Emmanuel you know, says he
0: feels good, right?
1: Yeah, he said he's feeling good after a couple of days off. Cal mentioned in his back or, you know, whatever it was. Um, Nick Richards, in his booming voice, uh, d- addressed the coronavirus. He said, uh, we're using a lot of hand sanitizer. Um, <laughs> pretty much coaches are telling us not to shake anybody's hand. Um, so that's your cor- your uh, final coronavirus update. But those guys, the, the cool thing, too, last, last little bit of uh, award reaction was that Nick said he's the one he found out in class about oh, yeah. Emmanuel winning player of the year, which, you know, he wanted to win as well. Um, right. And he said he was so excited for Emmanuel that he screamed out his name <laughs> in the middle of class. And uh, he's the one who broke the news to Emmanuel. So that was really cool. And I was actually, I texted Emmanuel's mom when I saw it. And she didn't respond for like two hours because she's a teacher and they're not allowed to have their phones. Oh, yeah, and she went right. she went to lunch and found and found out and she, you know, a lot of emojis and Happiness and uh, praising God for uh, Emmanuel and his family. Pretty pretty cool story. It's five yeah. points a game as a sophomore or a freshman to SEC Player of the Year as a sophomore. is uh, an even crazier leap than I think P.J. Washington made last year.
0: Yeah, well, no doubt, yeah. A few other honors. Kenny Payne, named to the uh, – Hall of Fame Class of 2020 for a step-up assistant coaches. So I guess this is a Hall of Fame for assistant coaches. I didn't know
1: that existed until today. I did not
0: know it existed either, and now he is a Hall of Famer. Also, BJ Boston, one of five. Named to the Naismith National High School All-America First Team, like they they only do five, whereas you know the SEC does like nine or something right. on their first team. But they a real five, starting five. B.J. Boston is one of the five
1: in all of high school basketball.
0: Uh, all of high school basketball throughout the nation, All-American. Terrence Clark was an All-Senior First Team, honorable mention. And before we go, one more bit of news to pass along, uh, which. Came out of left field for me. I did not see this coming. Receivers coach UK football receivers coach Michael White resigned. He, he's not the receivers coach anymore. And on the same day, we learned that he resigned. Michael Smith. Michael Smith. What? Michael White? Michael Smith. <laughs> Brad White.
1: <laughs> you got them all. You're just you're you're mixing them all together.
0: <clears throat> yeah, Michael Smith. Uh, and so on the same day, we find out that Michael Smith resigned. Uh, Kentucky announces his replacement. Uh, the new wide receiver's coach is Javon Bonite. Uh, if you look at the way his name is spelled, it looks like it's Booknight knight or Bo-Knight, but it's Bonite. knight uh, And he just spent last season as Oregon's wide receiver coach, uh, just one season there. And then he was at Utah State from like 2008 to 2018 for about 10 years. So that thing just, uh, while basketball is going on, Kentucky just kind of, football they're like okay while well, basketball is happening you know <laughs> let's let's figure out all the stuff we need to take care of over here um because yeah. that just that just popped up and was boom boom just just on tuesday
1: yeah and i guess what they still have a defensive position stoop said after spring break they'll get that squared uh, away
0: yep they still have the uh secondary coach that that will and special teams coordinator i guess is kind of it's kind of open. I guess they could move somebody else in the special teams coordinator if they wanted to, but yeah, Dean Hood's vacancy. Uh, Matt
1: Stackus? Is,
0: yeah. Matt Maybe. Stackus? Is that
1: how you say his name? The mm-hmm.
0: the, the special
1: uh, whatever you, the quality control coach for special teams everybody seems to be big on. Yeah,
0: his son uh goes to school with my son. They're classmates. So. Excellent.
1: Good good story there, Dan.
0: Yeah, that's all I got <laughs> on it.
1: <laughs> Guys, stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't yes. cough on people. Cough into your sleeve. And uh, if you can, over with the crowds. If you can't, then I guess I'll see you in Nashville and we'll all just trade germs because I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, I'm. I mean, that's my job. I don't really have a choice. But uh, if I were not doing this for a job, I would be in my home for the next week.
0: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, we're going, Um, so.
1: Dan and I might share a bed just to spite (laughs) Corona. Yeah,
0: we'll be there, so, um, yeah, follow along, read Kyle's stuff in The Athletic. Uh, I'll have reports starting on Thursday night on Fox 56, uh, on the 10 o'clock news, on uh, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night as well, uh, from Nashville. Uh, and then uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter where you can comment, ask us questions, we can answer on the podcast. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R, and Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. All right, now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of episode rather of Locked On NFL Draft. Talk to you tomorrow, guys. Thanks for listening. You are locked on
1: Kentucky.